And welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. My uncles recently got my family addicted to pickled okra. I am not typically an okra fan myself. Like, I don't really like olives. I'm not huge on okra. I I don't know if those two things correlate, but they do in my mind. So typically, it's not my go-to, not the regular variety, but let me tell you, I am loving the pickled variety. So that's what we're going to talk about today, pickling. It's also fun to say, not pickleball. Although I hear pickleball is like sweeping, at least our state right now, maybe the nation, maybe the world. I don't know. Maybe someday we'll do an episode on pickleball, but not today. Today we're talking about pickling. Pickling is accomplished. Man, that's one of those words that if you say it often enough, it just starts to lose its meaning. Pickling, pickling, pickling. It sounds like it means something else at this point. It's fine. We're going to get through this. This will be a good episode. (laughs) So pickling is accomplished by soaking a food in vinegar, brine, or something similar. It is one of the oldest methods of preserving food in the world. I remember learning about it in science class in elementary school and learning that pickled eggs have a magical quality they can bounce, which is absolutely necessary for every egg on the planet, I'm convinced. I always meant to try it out for myself and I never got around to it. Sounds like a great indoor activity should anybody be stuck indoors for some reason again this year. If you try it, let me know how it goes. And if it goes poorly, I'm terribly sorry. This is an elementary school memory. I could be completely wrong. (laughs) Pickles got their start in ancient Mesopotamia about 4,000 years ago about 2400 BCE, with Mesopotamians soaking cucumbers in brine. A couple hundred years later, pickles were also made in the Indian Tigris Valley. Pickles were also credited as the source for one of the great beauties of the ancient world, Cleopatra. Cleopatra claimed that pickles in her diet led to her health and beauty. Guess she knew something about a pickle diet. Her contemporary, Julius Caesar, along with other Romans, gave pickles to their troops to eat, believing that it made them stronger. Dill made its way to Western Europe by about 900 AD or CE. Dill had been in use before then, but it traveled the distance from Sumatra around that time, so it took a long time to get there. The word pickle actually comes from a Dutch word, pekel, referring to brine. Pickles were actually a favor of sea voyagers and explorers because they served a dual purpose. First off, they could survive the long journey and not rot, which is important. Edible food, check. Secondly, they also helped in the prevention of scurvy. Christopher Columbus brought pickles on his voyage to the New World, thus introducing pickles to the Americas. Columbus's pickles were sourced from a man who went on to be his own famous explorer, Amerigo Vespucci, who at that time was nicknamed the Pickle Dealer, which sounds like an awesome nickname. The pickles were so important that Columbus reportedly grew cucumbers in Haiti so as to refresh his supply before heading back to Spain. In 1659, Dutch farmers in Brooklyn began selling pickled cucumbers in barrels in the streets. This was the start of the world's largest pickle industry. The industry continued to grow in New York in the 19th and 20th centuries, as largely Eastern European Jewish immigrants brought kosher dill pickles to the United States. This growing popularity made New York City a central city in the world of pickles. As we mentioned earlier, pickling was an early and very important method of preserving food. So much so that Napoleon, not Napoleon Dynamite, which is where my mind went immediately, but Napoleon offered a reward 
the equivalent of $250,000 to the person who could come up with the best pickling and preserving method for food for his armies. In 1809, Nicolas Aper was the winning chef with his discovery that if he sealed a bottle of food after first removing all of the air and then boiled the bottle, he could preserve food much better. And not just pickles, but other vegetables, jams, soups, dairy products, and more. Pickling was further helped along by the development of paraffin wax, which helped seal jars more efficiently. This was created by Scottish chemist James Young in the 1850s. Additionally, if you have ever canned food or been to a wedding in the last 20 years, you're probably familiar with mason jars. These heavy-duty glass jars withstood heat better than previous jars, which made them perfect for canning. John Mason, in 1858, hailing from Philadelphia, patented the mason jars. The patent expired in 1879, but jar makers today of any similar type of jar still use the mason name. If you had attended the 1893 Chicago World's Fair, you would have seen thousands of people walking around with pickle pins. Oh yes, that popular and ever so envious pin, the pickle pin. H.J. Hines sent out his boys to bring people back to his booth by promising them a gift, the gift of a pickle pin. Heinz gave out about one million of these pins during the fair. In U.S. history, Heinz's gimmick of giving out these pickle pins is considered to be one of the most successful marketing campaigns. It was so successful that Heinz Company repeated the same gimmick passing out pickle pins at the World's Fairs of 1896, 1893, and 1939. You can still get the pins today, which now include a ketchup pin and a golden pickle pin. That's just fun to say too, the golden pickle pin. During World War II in the United States, pickles were rationed, with 40% of pickles being sent to the armed forces. Later in 1948, the Pickle Packer International Organization started a week-long celebration of pickles called International Pickle Week. And that was an incredibly delightful sentence to say. Pickles and pickle juice also reportedly have some qualities to help athletes as well. When in 2000, the Dallas Cowboys claimed that their victory in heat that reached 109 degrees Fahrenheit, by the way, was all due to their consumption of pickle juice. They claimed that that is what helped them make the win. That claim was later sustained by a study from Brigham Young University, which discovered that pickle juice helped recovery from cramps and was 37% faster than finding relief for your cramps by simply drinking water, and it was 45% faster than drinking nothing at all. Pickling can also improve the nutritional value of what's being pickled by adding B vitamins made from the bacteria. So there is a huge variety of pickled items around the world, so we're going to go through just a few of them right now. Pickled vegetables, or pickles, right, can be made by using brine water or by placing cucumbers in vinegar. Sometimes in pickling, spices like mustard seed, garlic, clove, or cinnamon can also be added. They do well in the environment because of their antimicrobial nature. Korean kimchi and sauerkraut are both pickled by adding dry salt rather than brine water. This is because the cabbage already contains enough moisture to do the rest of the pickling. In Japan and China as well, there are a wide variety of pickled foods, including pickled radishes, cabbage, cucumber, chilies, ume plum, and more. In South Asia, there are a wide variety of pickled fruits and vegetables, including mango, lime, chili, tamarind, Indian gooseberry, lemon, gongura, as well as carrots, eggplant, cauliflower, tomatoes, all while using ginger, citron, onion, garlic, and other spices. 
In Pakistan, the Hyderabadi pickle is a traditional dish made from fruits, usually mango, and vegetables blended with specific spices. In Sri Lanka, achcharu is a traditional pickled dish prepared from onions, carrots, and dates mixed with garlic, ginger, pepper, and mustard powder with vinegar, which is left to pickle in a clay pot. Among Indian pickles, the mango pickle is said to be the most popular. I've never tried it, but that sounds amazing. In Singapore, Indonesia, and Malaysia, we find pickles made from carrots, bird-eye chilies, cucumbers, shallots, pineapple, and papaya. In the Philippines, many delicious foods are preserved by pickling in earthen jars. Fish, in particular, were popularly preserved through pickling. Achara is also a popular pickled dish made of julienned papaya, carrots, and shallots. In Burma, there is an important pickled tea called lapet. Lapet is of national importance. It is considered a national delicacy and is used to welcome guests as a gesture of hospitality. In Iran, Turkey, the Balkans, and other countries in the region, pickles are made from carrots, green olives, peppers, turnips, tomatoes, lemons, onions, and more. Throughout Europe and the Americas, we also find a huge variety of pickled items, from sauerkraut to pickled herring to pickled jalapenos to fruit pickles and more. There are a few different ways to pickle fruit and vegetables. Traditionally, these were set fully in brine, or alternatively could be salted and then held underwater using stones. Another method included using a jar with a tight or an air trap lid. This lid needs to be able to release some of the pressure from the carbon dioxide buildup. Sometimes when pickling, mold or calm yeast can build up on the surface. Calm yeast is usually fairly harmless and can be removed, but it can affect the taste. Chemical pickling is done using sterilized jars, vinegar or brine, or both, and spices, then letting the pickling do its time until it reaches the taste that you're looking for. For fruit and vegetables that are full of a lot of water already, you can do a pre-soak in brine, which will help get rid of some of the water content and will prevent the excess water from diluting the vinegar, which would again affect the taste. For larger commercial pickling enterprises, sometimes they will add EDTA or sodium benzoate to make for a longer shelf life. But as we already know, the process itself of pickling already preserves food a bit longer. There are some possible problems with pickle consumption, however, as a 2009 study suggested links to cancer, with the HWO listing it as a possible carcinogenic in 2009. A 2017 study in the Chinese Journal of Cancer reported a link between nasopharynx cancer and salted vegetables, increasing the likelihood by four times. The links between pickles and cancer aren't quite clear yet, however, as the American Institute for Cancer Research reports N-nitrose compounds that can contribute to stomach cancer, but at the same time, pickles also contain antimicrobials that can also help destroy cancer-causing pathogens. Store-bought pickles made through pickling contain high levels of sodium, which can again increase risk for stomach cancer or some hypertension. These interesting facts come from the National Center for Biotech technology information and the aforementioned American Institute for Cancer Research, as quoted in Annalise Driscoll's blog post, Are Pickles Healthy or Harmful? The Debate Still Rages. Great title there. So the direct correlation between health concerns and pickles are still under discussion. Um, Definitely something that you do want to take into account. I'm hoping for pickles getting the all clear myself. A 2015 study from the College of William and Mary found that pickles help reduce anxiety. So I guess eat a pickle to reduce the anxiety about whether or not pickles are healthy, because that sounds like that makes sense. As they say, it's a bit of a pickle. But either way, I'm so grateful for pickles. From beauty secrets to scurvy prevention to athletic recovery, pickles have served us in a lot of ways. And while we still need to be mindful of our health and our consumption of pickles, I still love them. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care. (laughs) 